Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Gonna start. You are listening to something, something Broncos. I am starting the show. Thank you, Lori Latimer Volkman and Tim Lynch. Good gosh, and Marie, the pressure to get this thing moving. We're here. We're doing it, and we're doing it live after the Broncos played the Chiefs at Mile High. Sort of. They didn't really show up. It was kind of a disaster. Hey, the defense. Um, I don't know. What, what, well, the defense did show up. I mean, I, sure. <laughs> Why not? It was, it was, it, it was hate watching. After about halftime, it was, it was hate watching. I was just like, how bad is this going to be? Are they going to hit fifty points? Is Denver going to break twenty? It got to be one of those games where it's just like, all right, well, let's just let's just ride this sucker into the ground. Lori, what was your uh, impression of the game? What what is the, what is the positives from the game? Let's let's start off on the positives, and then we can reframe uh, to uh, areas we need to improve on. <laughs> it's going to be a lopsided discussion, much <laughs> like that score. Yeah, I mean the defense played great. I mean, you know, anytime you hold. Patrick Mahomes to 200 yards, one touchdown pass, not a single third down. Over, like did yes, not convert a third right. down. Yeah. I mean, they got pressure on him. He was the one we're so afraid of, and he's basically neutralized by our defense. But our offense was just like, here, let me give you the ball. <laughs> let me give you the ball. Here, go, you score this time. I mean, it's just terrible. Not to be outdone by special teams. Uh, Tim, what, do you, what, what impressed you most about our special teams? Uh, that Tom McMahon is still employed. That Tom McMahon coaching him. like Ed McMahon, and Ed McMahon has been dead for years. <laughs> I will say this. If Drew Locke is scheduled to play in the snow, I'm probably going to put some money down against the Broncos. Because I think <laughs> he does not play well. In inclement weather. But how is that? He went to school at the University of Missouri. It's not like they have beautiful, sunny, warm temperatures all year. The Broncos defense held the Chiefs to an offer on third down, and they still scored 43 points. I, I just I just can't. I don't think the snow had anything to do with it. Drew Locke was overthrowing receivers right and left. So was uh, Melvin Gordon on the uh, flea flicker. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of caught the ball of it had stick them on it. So the number one problem with the Broncos, depth perception. We've got that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Open both eyes and, and look, boys. Come on. This was my frustration with Drew Locke on Sunday was as much as we loved his moxie and this, you know, I'm going to try and do anything I can to win the game. You have to be good at that part. You know, that's what John Elway could do. <laughs> even what Jake Plummer could do. What he was doing on Sunday was just chucking it downfield, overthrowing by five yards just about every single time, but not taking the open guy in the middle. Even Vic Fangio commented on that. His natural reaction sometimes is to flush out of the pocket instead of, you know, if his first read's not there and Fangio feels like he needs to stay in the pocket and, and go through his progressions more. Could be just a young quarterback thing, but... You know, we see guys out there like Justin Hebert who's just 
breaking records Patrick Mahomes like, and this AFC West just looks stacked at quarterback. It is a young quarterback thing, but what you want to see week to week is that he's learning from his mistakes, and I think Fangio said that too. And it doesn't seem like Drew Locke is doing that. I mean, we're not seeing a different guy from when he got hurt against the Steelers because he was trying to make a play. You need to learn how to be a quarterback in the NFL, and it's not the same as being a quarterback in college. You can't just run around and make the big play because you are playing defenses that are much better than you played in college, and they're not going to allow you that opportunity. Steve Atwater had a, an interesting comment, a discussion actually with Ryan Edwards and Ben Albright, and it was actually in response to Dan Orlovsky saying, you know, sometimes you need to force in practice your quarterback to go to your third and fourth read and that Sean McVay would do this where he would basically tell the defense in practice, take away this guy and this guy, you know, take away the first and second read so that we force the quarterback to, to look past the first and second one to the third and fourth read. That would be a good thing to be doing right now to Drew Log. Well, there's also a factor where Drew Locke's learning a new system. You know, he spent the whole year in Scangarello's system last year. Let me find that tweet by um, Jeff Legwold. Uh, Upon further review, in the first 15 snaps alone, when the Broncos were in three wide receiver sets Sunday, um, they allowed two sacks, had an interception return for a TD, lost a fumble, and had intentional grounding penalty. For this season, in the three wide receiver groupings, the totals are now 13 sacks, 10 interceptions, three fumbles, and three TDs. The big issue there is Rich Scangarello was all about that under center play action, and Pat Shermer is all about that three wide receiver set. So unfortunately, most of our offense is now under this uh, grouping that causes all these interceptions and miscues and just terrible offense in general. And you know what we're not doing? We're not adjusting. <laughs> That's an interesting stat because it sounds like Shermer's kind of playing to our strength with speedy receivers, you know, putting having a three wide receiver set there because we have some good ones. Without but result. it isn't this but it's not the strength of the quarterback. It's not the strength of the running backs either. We got three fumbles. I mean, you know, we're I mean not Philip Lindsay, but that's that's a Melvin Gordon issue, but that all of our turnovers and sacks are coming from this position group grouping isn't entirely on Drew Locke, but the fact that Pat Shermer is just like, nope, we're just going to keep doing it. I know it's not working, but we, we just we just need to keep doing it until it works because I'm the coach and, and I'm going to put this square peg in this round hole if it kills me. That's what we've been doing for five years now. I mean, he's probably looking at who we've got and we're like, we've got KJ. Cortland Sutton, unfortunately, is gone. You've got uh, Judy, um, Fant, yeah, pa- Tim Patrick, yeah. I mean, you've got all these studs that, uh, that that can put their hands on the ball, and so he's thinking, you know, let's get some people moving. Fortunately, it looks like it's too many people moving or something. To make that deep throw consistently, you need to have had a lot of off-season time with your wide receivers, and you need a quarterback with a little more experience, and like Tim said, more experience in the offense. It also seems like we're designing plays to get the ball into the hands of Nick Vanette. What What is going on where we're giving him the ball so, so many times in one game? You have all these guys that are supposedly playmakers, and we keep giving it to, to this guy, Like, and, and he's just a guy. The other caveat there with the deep ball is the defense needs to respect that you could throw it underneath now and then. 
And it just feels like Drew Locke is either throwing in the flats to his wide receivers and tight ends, Nick Bennett, or he's just chucking it deep to whoever's down the field. There's no intermediate, stop Trevor Simeon, the throwing, please. It was almost like the criticism from the game before the Patriots game, where he got an interception for trying to throw the ball out of, out of bounds. So like, you can't do that. You can't do that. So instead, he's just now throwing it like 12 yards out of bounds. Like, <laughs> when it doesn't need to be right. thrown away at all. I just remember back when uh, Peyton Manning under Gary Kubiak's Amoeba offense, and it took how many weeks before Kubiak finally relented and decided that maybe Peyton Manning's style of offense might actually help for more points? Even with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Kubiak was so damn stubborn with his offense that was hamstringing. Oh, he, would re- he would relent when they were down and needed points scored. <laughs> oh, all right. That's, That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I just I just don't – coaches like that absolutely drive me crazy. I want a coach that's going to be like, I'm going to do what works. I don't really care. You know, I, I'm not married to any single philosophy. Scheme. So you, you think Mike Shanahan's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I do miss Kyle Shanahan. That was, that was oh. imagine what how things could be different if uh, that happened. I don't think Elway and Kyle would get along. I don't think it. I, I, yeah, sure, okay, he would have been here, but it would have been oil and water. I don't think it would have worked. Well, sometimes you gotta let the ego go to to win football games. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys think about the Chargers? Then I think the Broncos have a chance. Sure. sure. They've always got a chance. I mean, I think Locke has something to prove. I think he knows that he's better than what we saw. I think he's embarrassed. I mean, he essentially said as much. I mean, in the offense, oh, Noah Fant. Like, Noah Fant better have 12 to 15 targets on Sunday. Well, again, it goes back to say. Nick Vanette. Like, like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Drew Locke missed Noah Fant wide open so many times last week. I think that's a lot where the fans' frustration was. He probably had 100 yards receiving if Locke would just put the ball in his hands. I think Locke comes out and has a much better game. And actually, I think the Broncos are going to win. I think they're going to beat the Chargers. I think... Justin Hebert is a is a rookie quarterback, and Vic Fangio is a veteran defensive caller. I think they just got done beating up on Mahomes. I think they can handle Hebert there. Wait, how are you saying it? I say Hebert, Herbert. <laughs> is the R silent? I don't know. I, I don't. They're bad. I, they're, they're bad. They're bad. I, I, why are you making fun of me? I don't even. I've never heard him say. I've never heard anybody. Is there an R? I don't know. Yeah, is there Herbert? Well, it's like, sometimes it's Hebert. Sometimes, sometimes it's Air Bear. <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful. I think I mean if right and this is an opportunity, this is one of our rare opportunities to to really put it on someone this year and I really want to. Like I I think we can. I think the defense is really good and so long as special teams doesn't, you know, drag them out into the street and leave them for dead like they did last week, we have a good chance. I thought Taylor had a great tweet today or a great stat where he pointed out that, you know, last week Brandon McManus gets his second special teams player of the week award. And then because of his return kick this week, that award goes to Pringle. Byron Pringle, thank you. At the Chiefs for running it back 102 yards for touchdown. Once you pop, you can't stop. No 2020 Broncos right there. <laughs> yeah. He did say it's perfectly on brand, which I agree. Yeah. I hate the Chiefs, man. Fucking Chiefs. I swear to God. They're win our clean rating on the podcast. Thanks, Tim. 
Yeah, I blame the 2020 Denver Broncos. I've gone through like the, the 12 stages of grief. I've, I've been angry. I've been in denial. I've been, you know, positive. And, and then it's just like, at, at some point, it's just like, God, I, I said all this stuff last year. I can't do this again. Although I did like Lori, I, I must have been sick or on vacation or something back, you know, when you could travel and do fun stuff in your life. <laughs> um, because Lori had taken over for, for me on one Monday and it was like this letter. It was like, what the F was that? What was that? <laughs> like, just like swearing and like, and just mad and, and just like raw Lori Lattimore Volkman anger. And I was just like, oh, I need to, I need to include this. I, I you know, and, and I remember, I remember because it was after one of the bad Chiefs beats um, that I was like, oh, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that today. <laughs> Because it's been the same old story now for going on five years. I'm just yeah. I looked at my fan history, being a 42 year old Broncos fan, and I feel like this time, this period of time since that last Super Bowl, has been the most challenging time as a fan for me. It, it's it's worse than the 99 to 2002 you know uh, stretch. It's worse than the uh, 2007 to 2010 stretch with Josh McDaniels. It's just at least with Josh McDaniels, we had just – there was stuff to talk about, outrage, anger, indignation because we were still just such a proud franchise. But after – I don't know. After five years of this, it just feels like we're just – Well, it's because the things that in a fixed it just, in the past aren't working now. Firing coordinators and coaches and replacing the quarterback. It, guys. Yeah, it's just like – it, those things that worked in the past to fix it are not working now, and so and, and we're out of ideas. Like if you have, if you it have literally an idea of how all... to fix the Denver Broncos, we want you no. to post it on MileHighReport.com right now. <laughs> I have the answer. Why are you asking? I oh. have the answer. Quarterback. Okay. Quarterback will fix everything. Just ask Bill Belichick how how he's doing without Tom Brady. Oh, the genius ain't so genius now, is he? There's more at play there. I do not want to give Tom Brady any of that credit. Unfortunately, it, like Peyton, he goes to another team and has immediate success. You know, he's like forty-eight years old. He's got to yeah. stop. Well, just just wait in a couple of years when Tom Tom leaves uh, Tampa. They're going to be right here with us. Exactly, because a quarterback is everything in this league. <laughs> I don't think we should be giving up on Drew Locke just yet. He's I've disappointing, people, though. I mean, he's only played three games this year, right? First of all, we have no other option. Like, what are we going to do this year? We're going to go play Brett Rippon? No. Jeff Driscoll? No. Blake Bortles? No. So we've, we're playing Drew Locke. Like, that's not even a question. And he deserves the full season. Let's see how he responds. Let's see if he gets any better by the end. Let's see if he survives. Because well, a few more hits. Too, yeah. We will know by week 17 if he is the real deal or if he's – not and we definitely are going quarterback for the draft or you know whatever i'm just worried that we're <laughs> even with even if drew lock works out and he's the starter for the next 10 years or something or five to seven years it's just we got patrick mahomes in the division is he going to be good enough to really truly compete with that or are we going to be the elvis gerbach chiefs of the 90s to the john elway and the broncos of the 90s the America's Sexiest Man 2020? That would make sense <laughs> yeah, for this year. Right. We're going to go for Trevor Lawrence. Right? We're going to tank for Trevor. Trevor's a great college quarterback. 
Baker Mayfield was a great college quarterback. Tom Brady wasn't a great college quarterback. You never, you really don't know based on college how they'll do. You know, we were all in awe of Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. You know, those guys aren't lighting the world on fire anymore. We all thought they were the next Peyton Manning or the next John Elway or whatever. And it's a crapshoot. You don't know. I'll point out that Joe Mahoney posted a tweet. The best quarterbacks converting third and 10 or, or more since 2015. And Andrew Locke was the best. But Patrick Mahomes, Justin Hebert, Peyton Manning, they're all up there in the, in the top echelon. That's 2015 Manning, by the way. So not like the very high. But yeah. um, way down there uh, about, let me see, five spots above Paxton Lynch is our own Drew Locke at number 82. And out of 91 total. Uh, so I'm just I'm concerned because we're not – we got to get better quarterback play, and until we start seeing that from Drew Locke, I'm I'm going to be nervous going into each game because you're not we're not going to know. We have to get presently. We need to get success on first and second down in order for third down to be a manageable situation for for Drew Locke because he's not having success on those on those third and longer situations. I know the statistics, but Peyton Manning, the, even that 2015 year that he wasn't so good, I have to think his third down percentage was pretty decent because he would keep the offense on the field. We would score more field goals than touchdowns, but the defense wasn't exhausted. We were not going three and out. You know what we haven't talked about? This weekend, we are playing the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego Anaheim. Uh, Melvin Gordon uh, is coming back to play his old team that he absolutely hates. And no one has had a larger and quicker fall from grace than Denver Broncos running back. Melvin Gordon. Everyone is out for blood on this guy because he was putting the the, uh, the the ball on the ground. He's driving drunk. He's getting in trouble. He's getting strep throat uh, at the same time that our running backs coach gets COVID. You explain that to me. He's got strep, not COVID, but the other guys got COVID and they're like screaming at each other in their face. I don't know how that works. But uh, anyways, so he has fallen from grace. He has a tremendous opportunity this weekend to really A, ingratiate himself back to Broncos country and B put one over on the freaking chargers who he hates. There's great potential here for, for him and for the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. And he, he does need to prove himself. It's too bad too, because he's been running great. He just needs to hold on to the ball and not drive <laughs> and, drunk Yeah, and drive sober and slower <laughs> and not get strep throat when everyone's getting COVID. Speaking of COVID, Mike Munchak is not at practice today because of COVID protocols. That's not good. The Chargers are apparently one of the worst teams at running backs catching the ball in the backfield. They're the worst at defending that. So if more, Melvin Gordon can hang on to the ball, he's good <laughs> at that. Philip Lindsay's good at that. You know, we, our running backs should be the ones getting the ball all day on Sunday. Well, speaking of protocols, we'll have to keep an eye on uh, Philip Lindsay's concussion protocol this week. We want to see him out of the backfield catching catching some footballs too. Yeah, I re- the more I see of that guy, the more I, I just I just love him. I just like, like he him. is so yeah. good, and like <laughs> he just he just chews up yards like like it's nothing. You know, like I like I, his style. 
Yeah, he's just he's a grinder, and it's just it's so so good to see. He's a throwback. I mean, not not to like, well, you know, he wears the number of Terrell Davis, and he's a guy from Denver, <laughs> and that narrative that we've heard a thousand times that make you want to just throw up every time you hear it. Uh, but it, he is he, he is like a throwback to those uh, like Mike Anderson, Orlando's Gary, Clinton Portis, you know those those old school. Uh, 2000s running backs that uh, that defined an era of Broncos offensive football. Like uh, there was the reason why Jake Plummer was able to be uh, kind of a reckless gunslinger is because he, you know, he had those guys. I mean, shoot, he, that 2005 year, he almost had 2,000 yard running backs. I just want to see Pat Shermer call a good game. I'm I'm really losing faith in him. So I need I need a good game from from that perspective. And you know. Keep me off my negative downward spiral after a 43 to 16 shellacking <laughs> last week. So usually that, by now I'm I'm more uh, against uh, the head coach. I'm surprised I'm not coming out raging against uh, Fangio. I, I I still have faith that Fangio can be the guy. Because at least we have a good defense. Like <laughs> he's calling a good defense. So it's like it kind of gives you. Well, if we got rid of Vic Fangio. You yeah. know, we went through the wilderness without Wade Phillips. I don't know if I want to go back to that. So just just get somebody who can call a freaking offense, and we'll, we'll I'll be happy. Jess was right. right when he said, you know, he must have slept with somebody's wife because <laughs> <laughs> they have been cutting him even after he's played well and proved himself. So I I don't know what's going on there. Over there he was a great story. He was a great story, and and I I liked his play. I, I, he wasn't he wasn't Isaac Yadam. I mean, it, it, I wasn't like swearing at him from on every play. So I, there there has to be something. Going there on. has to be something that just the coaches didn't like, and you know it just wasn't a good scheme fit or something. Well, so score predictions for the Chargers game. I don't want to talk about the Chiefs anymore. Twenty one seventeen Broncos. Jess? Okay. I'm going to go 39-17 Broncos. I, I bet Melvin <laughs> and, and Locke are, and, and, and the offense is just going to explode because it's, it's the Chargers, and there's every reason in the world to do well. 31-27 Broncos. Woo! Yes. That's not much defense by close. our Broncos. Yeah. No, well, uh, Justin Hebert. Hebert. I actually think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he'll he'll get some late he'll get a late touchdown to make it close, and and Denver's defense will then hold from there, and you know it'll be a good game. Is Justin yeah. Hebert married? Is there a Shebert? <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to something something Broncos. I am Jess Place with Tim Lynch and Doctor Love. Um, you can listen to us every week uh, uh, on the Mile High Report podcast channels wherever you get your uh podcasts um be sure to subscribe because we do all sorts of fun stuff throughout the week we, not only do we have our uh flagship shows cover two broncos mile high report radio something something broncos we also have injury report news breaking news uh we have an odds uh breakdown on, on what are the odds and I, I believe the Broncos are not favored at home against the Chargers. That's not good. So, But more on that later. Be sure to subscribe so you can hear the odds breakdown. Again, I'm Jess Place with Tim Lynch and Lori Lettermore-Volkman. Thank you. A correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the – both uh, both fouls were on the kicking team.
we're going to have to give Ian Henson props because he was all over Josh Allen. He was. And but we he's also all... a Wyoming homer. So, I mean, you, you, we had to right. do that with a, got a right, though. grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> he did get it right. Justin Herbert from Air Koya. Justin, football quarterback for the Chargers. That's how I'm going <laughs> to pronounce it now. you've been listening to something something broncos a feature of milehighreport.com with Lori lattimore volk jess place and tim lynch get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com